In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. In a little role reversal, I'm here with my co-host, Paul Brown. Paul, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. Are you trying to take the piss out of an English accent there, by the way? You know, I just thought I'd add a little uh, a vigor and American twang to it. Mm, well, look, you want me to do it with a Scottish accent? Yeah, go on then. Oh, good morning. <laughs> Cleveland. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Paul Brown. He's on down the village road here. The wee village road. Anyway, so um, <laughs> Scottish Hammer was on the Scottish News. Nice bit of, uh, bit of global uh, press there. Yeah, he's teaching Scottish kids how to kick footballs instead of rugby balls. Very interesting. But um, obviously there's some bad, not bad news over the weekend. And um, you asked me a question before the show. Which was, yeah. So obviously, as many people know, um, really American culture. Because what people don't understand is Kobe Bryant was one of the more transcendent, iconic members of entertainment, sports culture, entertainment, all of them. You know, rappers would line up to see him play. You know, he got into film producing and stuff. So. Kobe was just one of those guys who was just a head above the rest. So I simply asked, you know, in England, how big is Kobe Bryant? Yeah, so I would say, in my understanding, he would be a top five basketball player. And the top five basketball players who, this is someone who doesn't support the sport, so uh, please excuse my um, arrogance. It would be, number one would probably be... Uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, John James, Shaq O'Neal, then and Kobe, Kobe Rodman, um, like those Bulls teams with Pippin or Pippin, yeah, Pippin was big and the guy with the goggles, yeah, Horace Grant, yeah, probably wasn't a great player, but we all obviously knew him because of uh, Michael Jordan, but yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, they'll probably be the uh, the five biggest players. Yeah, the, the comparison I could give you, um, I don't remember where, well, I don't remember where, if you said you were in England time, where were you when Princess Diana died? Um, I was about to go on a school camp. It was an August bank holiday weekend. And yeah, it was a big thing. Yeah, I only remember it because it was two days after my birthday. So it would have been August 31st of 97. It was two days after my birthday and I was just going into high school. So I remember I was at soccer conditioning and, you know, obviously my family being from over there, it was kind of a big, the world stopped yesterday. I mean, everybody will remember where they were when they found out that news. Um, It was just one of those things where 
it became difficult at the time to understand because, you know, I actually was up in Milwaukee and I got this message. And then a couple minutes later, or like a minute later, Jack sent the same message. And I'm like, wait, what? And everybody paused for five minutes because nobody believed it. Yep. So oh, yeah. then all of a sudden you saw guys like Hollywood and a bunch of the Browns players going, no, this can't be true. Like, no, no, this can't be true. And then, you know, unfortunately come to find out that uh, it was true. And just an absolute tragedy. I mean, all the reactions all over the place. You know, I remember in 97, Kobe won the dunk contest in Cleveland. And I mean, it was just, it was wild. So this is a guy who's just been, you know, one of those one name, you know, you say the name Kobe, people knew who you met. And ironically enough, he was named after the, um, the Japanese beef. So just by all accounts, you know, good dude, great dad. Um, you know, he obviously had issues um, in the early 2000s, which there's a lot that surrounds that, you know, I've indirect information about all that good stuff, but it's not everything it seems up to be. So, you know, just heartfelt condolences to the Bryant family, to the Altabella family, you know, to the Parsons family. I mean, everybody that's affected because, you know, sometimes we lose sight in how many lives that does affect, you know, people are going to blame. And, you know, his wife is six months after pregnancy. She could be possibly battling, you know, postpartum depression and stuff like that. So just an absolute tragedy in just in America, in the world, and especially in the sports community, because Kobe was just an iconic figure. And I mean, we even saw Baker Mayfield said, that's my idol. So it impacts all corners of the country and all corners of the globe. Yeah, well, look, um, I don't want to say this, so I'm not going to say it, but I normally say this is a Browns podcast. But, yeah, let's move on and talk about something a bit more fun and exciting, Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. Another situation where you just – you can see a pain in that young man. And, you know, the video obviously came out via TMZ um, that Kareem was pulled over. Um, you could tell he was overcome with emotions. Uh, I think he probably saw his career flash before his eyes. You know, he was very appreciative. And to be fair, I thought the cop handled it very professionally. Um, I thought he did everything he couldn't do as a servant of the law to help Kareem. You know, he obviously admitted he was a Browns fan, which I'm sure they'll talk to him about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, Put the backpack in the trunk. You know, for those that don't know, the, op- the bottle of vodka was open, but it wasn't open. You know, it had, had been opened. It was closed. It's in his book bag. The law just simply states it can't be within, you know, your reach in the main cabin. If he'd have put the thing in the trunk, it's not an issue. He wasn't cited, you know, so I don't know if the league really has any course of action. You know, obviously the confession on the video is not really something that would ever go to court. Um, he could obviously claim extreme distress. You know, that's me putting a little lawyer hat on. It would never go there. Not a big deal. So it just visually, you see a guy that's struggling. You know, he, I think he even said, you know, I should be playing in the Super Bowl. So hopefully the shock, the scare, maybe uh, takes his brother's book bag and puts it in the trunk um, and slows down in his mom's car. So just, just a sad story because, you know, we saw the guy on the field, such a talent. So we just – we got to, you know, pray for these guys as people and, you know, just hope that they're able to get their life together because, you know, we see how quickly something can happen and really kind of change, you know, what, what we see 
um, as life. So, you know, prayers out to Kareem Hunt. You know, hopefully he can he can move past this and, you know, get back on the field and, and under any capacity, with, with the Browns or without the Browns. It doesn't matter. And, um, and get his life on, on track because he definitely looked like a guy that was battling some stuff to me. What, have you seen the video? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, it's what it is, really. I, I, I think we're talking about a load of uh, nothing, to be honest. But um, as always, Kareem Hunt just needs to be a bit more sharper, a bit more cleverer, and uh, just pull it in the trunk. Yeah, you just put it in the trunk. It's no longer an issue with the bottle. So luckily, we hired a GM. So while it was news, it wasn't news very long because the Browns, I'm wondering if they just ironically picked a great time to announce the hiring of Andrew Barry. Welcome back to Cleveland, Andrew. Well, I would like to comment that the Browns fans, over 2,200 of you have said, 67% of you are happy with the hire. So that's good. I think much like Stefanski, Barry is a safe, smart, strategic choice. You know, I know that Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports has been very connected um, on this search. And he came out and even said that the Browns unanimously in the building were going to go with Andrew Barry even before George Payton pulled his name out. Now, take that for what it is. I'm sure half of the people are going to be skeptical of that. Um, but from the beginning, end of December, when they fired Freddie, uh, kitchens and they fired John Dorsey, I think the Stefanski Barry marriage, uh, really started to kind of come together. So no more alignment issues, no more under the bus. They both have the same contract length. They both report under the same structure that they've all agreed to. Now let's win some damn football games. So give you a bit of a shout out to my mate. John Walsh, he texted me saying Browns were one and thirty-one when Barry was here. Just saying, that's nonsense. Listen, you know, first of all, Andrew Barry was—I forget his role. I think he was like an assistant GM. I mean, to to just label a record while the team was in the middle of a rebuild, going through a strategy that nobody had—I mean, come on, that's that's just wildly reckless. You can't pin a record on. Uh, an assistant GM who comes back. I mean, come on. That's just looking for hot, you know, hot take material. John then followed up by saying, oh, I followed by saying, Mr. Positive. He replied by saying, any reason why I should be optimistic? It's all worked so well to this point. Ha ha. 10th GM since 1999. Smart guy for sure. Let's see. Listen, that is the sentiment of all Browns fans. Again, Andrew Barry was a very highly sought-after commodity in the NFL. People wanted him. Carolina wanted him. Philly didn't want to let him go. The Browns got him. You, you can piss in Cheerios every time, you, you know, when it comes to the Browns because obviously the history that they have doesn't lead them the benefit of the doubt, doesn't give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the end of the day, if Stefanski got hired by the Steelers, Everybody would be praising the move, and we missed out on the best coach in the world. If um, Belichick had hired uh, Andrew Barry and said, you know what, I'm getting too old. I just want to coach. I don't want to be GM anymore. I want Andrew Barry to be the GM. Oh, we had him right here in our building. You know, everybody wanted to – when uh, Kyle Shanahan left the building, oh, who puts together a PowerPoint presentation? We don't need this guy. Bleep him. Get him out the door. Yeah, he's coaching the Super Bowl. So – it just shows we have no idea. 
And uh, mate, out of 10, how are you excited about Barry being our GM? You know, to answer that, I look at the Barry-Stefanski combo. I'm going to put it at an eight because I like the fact that Barry was heavily involved in discovering Stefanski last year um, during the coaching search. You know, I just like the fact that these two share similar kind of thought processes. I don't mean to be generational in this, but one thing that's sometimes hard is a younger generation person getting along with an older generation person. And I don't mean that in the terms of like they're, you know, he's 60, he's 30. No, it's more along the lines of how they were brought up. So somebody in an older generation, like John Dorsey, is an old football guy. He relies on his eye. It's kind of like when my dad and I work on a project. You know, for those of out there that listen that know my dad, my dad's nickname is the human rain delay. My dad can make anything a pension job. <laughs> and there are simple tasks like putting in fences where he gets out chalk string lines and 17 levels to make sure everything's plumb. And I'm like, dad, they make a laser watch. I stick it right here and boom, boom, there it is. So my dad will take 15, 20 minutes to put in a fence panel. I'll do it in three. We'll end up with the same result. But I used modern technology where he's, you know, a little bit stuck in his old chalk lines, but that's the way he knows. That's the way he's comfortable with it. You know, with scouting and with player personnel and all that other stuff, there's no doubt that, you know, John Dorsey, George Dorsey knows as much football. It's just how they go about things. So when you have a younger kind of person that maybe grew up in a different um, way of learning, sometimes they don't really drive, jive and work as well. So Stefanski's 30, what, 39, 37, I think he's 37, you're with me, and Barry's 32. So, you know, these guys are pretty much going to be cut from the same cloth. They had very similar upbringings. Um, you know, I really do like the fact that the Browns uh, went out and, you know, found themselves one of the top, you know, African-American GMs in the business. So that was good. You really like to see opportunities like that for people that deserve it and earn it. And Barry, Barry is very highly respected in the league, and it's great that we gave him the opportunity to show what he can do here in Cleveland. All right, Ian, well, let's finish this podcast up. Anything else you want to discuss? Uh, you know, here we are. We're going into the Senior Bowl wrapped up. Uh, a lot was going on there. Um, some good prospects for people to kind of take a look at. Uh, Brown's draft Twitter is in full force. We're getting offensive tackles in five of the first ten rounds. A little sarcasm there, so don't tweet me that. Um, you know, I still am not convinced that the Browns are going to go tackle. You know, I had um, one of our listeners tweet me and go, what, why are you hating on the O-line? Well, it's not necessarily that. I just don't see the value um, with an O-line in today's, in today's NFL. I just – I don't take the third or fourth best tackle at 10. I get a defensive playmaker. If that's Isaiah Simmons or, you know, Derek Brown or, you know, one of these guys that can start day one and impact the 30th-ranked defense, I remind you, then I think you have to kind of look that way. Or – if four quarterbacks go and the guy you want isn't there, I think Jack Duffin and I will gladly stand on the hashtag trade down, you know, because this draft is so deep. You know, we have – there's receivers that would normally be drafted in the top three rounds that are to be going in rounds four, five, and six. I mean, the guy Colin Johnson from Texas, I really like him. Chase Claypool, big targets. You know, you're going to see wide receivers going in day three that are, you know, day one starting caliber guys. So if we can get a couple seconds or thirds or fourths by trading back because the guy we want isn't there, I have no problem with that. 
we have a short two-year window and drafting a development offensive tackle just is not my cup of tea. So last question for you is who won the Pro Bowl? Was it the North or the South this year? I have no idea. I was in Milwaukee eating pretzels, bratwursts, cheese, beer cheese. Uh, my God, I ate like 500 pounds of stuff when I was up there. So shout out to Milwaukee. Great city. Great amount of food. Real nice people. Um, quick little day trip for us up there. So We're going to be going there when we go and watch the Packers, yeah? Yep. Yeah, we can go. We'll drive right through Milwaukee. So 2020 Dallas, provided it's not on my wedding day, and 2021 in, uh, in Green Bay. Excellent. All right, guys, where can people find your details, Ian? Ian19 on Twitter. Where can they find your details, Paul? Mm. You can find me on Instagram. It's paulbrown underscore UK. Today, there was a steak video with some scallops. Mm, some scallops. Can't eat that. Allergic to shellfish. I'm sure the people just made them. Thank you. All right, go Browns. Go Browns, stay out of trouble.